canary in the alley by the light switch Who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul Welcome to Jays from Home. It, I guess, is the all-star edition of the uh, podcast today um, because we're heading into the all-star break uh, pretty soon. Uh, here's my co-host, Steve. Say hello. Hello. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like like uh, I, I have some things to say, but I don't know what I want to say. Do you have anything you have to you want to say? <laughs> um. Not really. Um, our, I guess uh, probably should say that we're on Twitter at Jades from Home and on Mastodon. Are we on Threads yet? Well, until they make it easy to switch between accounts like you can on Instagram, um, there's not a Jays from Home account on Threads. But um, people can follow us individually on Threads, I suppose, because I, I I joined and you joined. How 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 do you find? I don't even know how do you, how do you find someone on Threads? I'm I, I'm at Matt Gower Ottawa on threads, I guess. So that's, is that what it is? And you are what? Uh, SR Gower. Uh, you just search for people. That's all that you can search for uh, at this point. Okay. So yeah, search for us on threads. I'll post stuff about the, the podcast on, on threads. Um, but yeah, no, nothing from JS from home yet because they don't make it easy to switch between accounts just yet. Cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sign in and sign out. I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess all the features are coming. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the, I guess I guess the idea was that they wanted to to, to get ahead of of of, of uh, Blue Sky and all the other competitors out there, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, that seems to be the what they were doing. Because um, yeah, it's it's definitely not a finished product. Yeah. Um, but anyways, speaking of finished products, this 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 podcast will be fin- a finished product once you're listening to this. Um, I will patch in the interview that I uh, did earlier this week with Russell Carlton. He has a new book out that I rec- I highly recommend. It's a great book. It's called the uh, the new ball game: the not so hidden forces shaping modern baseball. And it's uh, it's actually I, th- I think it's a really good uh, summer read. Um, I, I was I, I mentioned this to him in the in the in the interview. It's 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 both informative and entertaining at the same time. It's 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 a it's a light but like in depth read. I don't know how it's 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 a really fun read. It's a really good read, and I recommend uh, that uh, folks check it out. Okay, uh, well, uh, so looking forward to that later. Um, all right, let's just jump into this week's results then. Um, finishing. Into Sunday morning, as we're recording this, Blue Jays are 49 and 41, uh, six and four in their last 10. Yeah, they're tied with the Yankees in the East, um, which means they're tied for whatever wildcard position that they're in right now. Um, off the top, um, there was some big news earlier in the week, or I guess, yeah, it must have been earlier in the week um, for the Angels, because uh, that's that, I think that's one team that is uh, that is. Uh, uh, falling out of the wild card race, so that's good news for the Jays because uh, Mike Trout uh, broke his hamate bone swinging uh, his bat, so he's going to be out uh, for an extended amount of time. And Shohei Otani left uh, a game with a blister. That's not a long term injury, but it's he'll miss some time, so that that'll affect them their wins and losses pretty pretty uh, significantly, as well as um, Anthony uh, Rend- Rendon. Uh, he hurt himself as well. So three key members of their offense and pitching. Uh, that are out uh for for some some time so that is going to pretty much like they're right around hovering around 500 right now that's going to put them uh in a deep hole come uh crunch time in august 
Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, um, I, the other thing, I guess, too, we, we were ignoring that how many games back of the division they were before, but uh, the Jays, they're yeah. actually, yeah, they're, they, they're actually gaining some ground, or I guess the Rays are losing some ground. Yeah, the Rays have lost accurate. seven in a row. Um, it, you know, by, by, by next week, we could have the Baltimore Orioles leading the division if, if things go well. I, I keep going well for the Orioles because they've won four straight. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the division is starting to look like it might be within reach, uh, assuming that the Jays keep, uh, keep up with their winning. Um, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's not an easy path, but, uh, they did, um, do what we expected them to do against the White Sox this week. Yeah. Um, so the Blue Jays this week played uh, three games in two days. Yes, because uh, they had a rainout on Wednesday. They they on Tuesday they beat the White Sox four to three, and Vladdy uh, hit the go ahead two run home run in the eighth inning. So that was a, a nice win for the Jays. But yeah, Wednesday, yeah, I was locked in ready to watch a baseball game, but it was rained out, so that was postponed, which made a doubleheader on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch any of these uh, games for the doubleheader? Um, yeah, so we watched the first game of the doubleheader. Um, it was pretty quiet for the most part until. Uh, the 11th inning um the the second game we we just watched uh the end of it um actually barely the end of it we didn't we didn't pay attention to the second game because it was a lot later but uh uh yeah the first game was uh was really good yeah they won uh well I, I would say the first game was frustrating until it got good. It, they won six to two. They had the Jays and and the White Sox as well. They both both teams had uh, one hit through ten innings, um, and then uh, the Jays scored six runs uh, in the in the in the top of the eleventh. Um, and then the White Sox scored all their runs as well in the bottom of the eleventh. So the Jays won six to two. Um, Lance Lynn was pitching for the White Sox. I forget was it was it Barrios who was pitching for the Jays. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, uh, I believe it was uh, Kikuchi, Kikuchi in game two. for game two. Yeah. 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 So 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 Barrios had a really strong another strong outing, um, and Kikuchi he 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 did okay. He you know he he, did, he wasn't he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible in game two. The Jays won five to four. Um, Whit Merrifield had two home runs in that game. He doubled his home run total yeah. to like four. <laughs> and uh, Nate Pearson earned his first career save in uh, game two. So the Jays swept the White Sox. Yeah, very good. Which we, um, which was expected of them. That's that 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 was expected of them. Yeah, well, I, I was expecting at least a series win. Um, Friday, the Blue Jays uh, busted out the offense and won twelve to two. Although five of those runs came in the top of the ninth. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, so yeah, but you're you're burying the lead a little bit. That was Alec <laughs> Manoa's return here, and he he pitched pretty strongly. He had, I think his his slider was a little shaky early on, but he was he was pitching really well. No walks. He only allowed one earned run, and he struck out eight. Uh, so so it was a good good return for Alec Manoa. I think that the the big test will be against uh, you know uh, stronger teams because Detroit isn't necessarily the strongest team in the world, the most offensive team. Uh, I was mentioning to you that I think one of the reasons that they brought him back was that it's a road game against a weak offense in a very pitcher friendly ballpark. So so that mm. so the the conditions are are fa- were favorable for Alec Manoa in this game. Uh, yeah, the Jays won twelve to two, and I think uh, Whit Merrifield hit another home run uh, in this game. So he's got uh, yeah, a- I think so. He's got a bit of a, a power streak going on right now, which is not uh, what anybody expected of him. Uh, but a nice uh, 12-2 to opening series win. Now, did you watch the Saturday game? 
No, I didn't see any of the Saturday game. But actually, I just wanted to go back to Thursday for a minute because uh, I forgot a note. I've got separate notes here. Okay. Um, and it was definitely Barrios uh, pitching the first game because my note here is that uh, uh, he had two huge strikes uh, given to him that should have been balls. Uh, one of them was for a strikeout and one of them uh, leaded to a strikeout. So um, for anybody complaining about the umpires being biased against the Blue Jays, uh, that's not the case. Uh, I just I, wanted to put that in there. I think I remember seeing some tweets saying that like the, the, the umpire's strike zone was wide because they wanted to get the, the day done quickly because it was a doubleheader. <laughs> and it was going pretty quickly Maybe. up until it got into extra innings. Maybe. Um, yeah, so Saturday, no, it did not. Uh, I, I think we, we were driving, so we tuned into one inning on the radio, but there wasn't really anything going on, and it was the Detroit feed, so I wasn't really interested, so we uh, we turned it off. Well, I think you got uh, it right so, there. You, you got it right there when you say there wasn't really anything going on because the Jays were no hit by the Tigers. They lost two to nothing. It was um, uh, a no hit by, by committee, basically. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Detroit starter, uh, is it Matt Manning? Uh, he pitched six and two thirds, uh, three walks, five Ks. And then the, uh, the, the relievers finished off the game for him after he, I think he got a walk. He walked like, I, I don't know. I think it was Brandon belt or someone. Um, and yeah, the Jays were no hit by the Tigers, which was I, I, pretty frustrating, but you know, that's, that's, that's baseball. Well, they used up all their hits in the last, uh, three games. So, uh, maybe I, I there's a quota. Yeah, I think I think so. For the Blue Jays this year, anyway, that seems to be the case. Um, yeah, and they were missing an, a key bat though, so maybe the reason why yeah. they didn't get any hits because was because George Springer was placed on the paternity list. Uh, they brought up uh, Nathan Lucas to replace him, but he didn't get into the game. Yeah, not not surprised there because I assume the outfield would have been like Varsho, Merrifield, and uh, um, Kiermaier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, well, no, it was it was. Um, no, it was Varsho. Uh, it was Varsho. Uh, or Biggio. Uh, Biggio could have been. Yeah, Biggio was in right field. Biggio was in right field. Varsho was in left, and Kiermaier was in, was was in center. So I think um, Merrifield. I'm I'm not sure if he had the day off or what, but because I wasn't really paying too close attention. But uh, yeah, Biggio was in right field for that game. I see. Um, okay. Well, uh, Sunday uh, we're recording before the game, um, so no uh, no outcome for that one. But what about our our weekly outcomes? Well, do you have any? I'm not sure if you if you uh, if you have have written any down because I don't see any in the notes here. I do. Uh, I have them in my in a separate uh, note here. I just didn't okay. copy them over. Well, what, what um, do you have? Well, I'll go with a, a strikeout. Um, does uh, Jordan Romano? Uh, uh, does he use chewing tobacco? Uh, that's a good question. It, it looks like certainly looks might. like it. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but I, I haven't really thought about that. I'll have to take a look next time I see him. But yeah, it's, it's something we, we looked at. Uh, uh, Vanessa pointed out, uh, uh, like, what does he have in his mouth? And I don't know, kind of, it's definitely not bubble gum because it's obvious when the players who chew bubble gum have bubble gum in their mouth. And uh, I don't think Romano has that. So, so your strikeout is that he has chewing tobacco? Yeah, uh, or at least it seems to be. Well, yeah, it's definitely not a good thing for uh, players to to have, um, and it also I think it turns off a lot of fans to see uh, players spitting chewing tobacco all the time. And we've seen one 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 of the best players of all time, Tony Gwynn, died of mouth cancer because of 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 uh, his 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 chewing tobacco uh, habit. So so it's something that I think yeah it would be nice to not have in the game, but uh, yeah not 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 a not a an, an attractive. Uh, look for sure. 
<laughs> no. Uh, so what do you, what do you have here? You uh, have my, uh, a theme going. It looks yeah, like. I've got a theme going on here. My 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 strikeout is is Alec Manoa's strikeouts. He had eight of them against the Tigers. So yeah, I'm just keeping things positive with well, from the Alec thing. Manoa standpoint. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a good thing. It's a good <laughs> strikeout that he got eight strikeouts. So 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 yeah, that's that that was that was nice to see. Uh, okay, that's good. Um, I don't have a no decision, so I'll just uh, go to my home run since uh, it, it kind of matches your theme. Uh, just Alec Manoa's return. Um, he only allowed one run and had no walks. I think he yeah. had at least, I don't actually, I don't think he even had a hit batter in that game. I don't think nope, he hit nope. anybody. Nope, no walks, no no hit batters. Nobody reached base so. uh, based on, 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 on mistakes. Uh, but yeah, so they, yeah, that's definitely good. My 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 no decision, like you said, I have a theme is is Alec Manoa's outlook because we're not you know like we we he he played like I said he it was a pitcher's pitcher friendly stadium against a weaker opponent, uh, so so you know we can we just have to kind of just keep it to one start at a time and see see how things go for Alec Manoa. But so far it started positive, but we you know we just got to kind of see how things go. But that that's it's a good start. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess your home run is also Manoa related. Yeah, my home run is just Alec Manoa's just kind of demeanor, his attitude on the field. He looked like he looked like the Alec Manoa from last year. He didn't look like defeated like he was looking uh near the end before he got sent down. He he was just looking like he was kind of uh happy and and, and lighter on his feet and, and and just back into the ball game and, and and just he looked like himself again. So that's that that is my home run. Alec Manoa looks like Alec Manoa of old. Yeah, and that's that's good news. Uh, as I think they were saying in the radio broadcast, uh, or well, might have been the TV broadcast. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't need to be the ace of the staff at this point. He just Mm-mm. needs to be uh, steady, uh, steady side of the 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 pitching rotation. And I think what's being um, uh, theorized by some fans that I've seen is that they're probably not going to put him back to back with Kikuchi. They'll probably split them, split those two up, so they don't have like two potential down games. I see, I see. So where where would he be slotted in? Do you think? Uh, no well, idea. Well, let's 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 work it out then, because he did go back to back with Kikuchi. Uh, yeah, but that was when he was an ace. So. No, no, no. He did because Kikuchi pitched the back end of the double header. Oh yeah, on, yeah. on Thursday, and he pitched on Friday. Um, so but that they can reset the. They can reset the rotation though, because they're in, in the All Star break. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where they put him. So maybe they'll put him uh, bet- before Barrios. Maybe they'll put him in the three spot. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um. But uh, speaking of of, of pitching, um, Gossman is is Manoa is not the ace, but Gossman I would say is the ace of the staff. It was announced recently that he um, after his after yesterday's uh, start against the Tigers. He only gave up two runs, which is you know not a bad start at all. But he said that he's going to uh, skip the All Star game and spend time with his family, so he won't be going to the All Star game. Although he was named as an All Star game reserve uh, Sunday night, I believe. Last week. Oh yeah, that's that's cool. He has he been to the All Star game before? Probably, probably. Yeah, so it's nothing new. No, uh, but there were some other Blue Jays named to the All Star game. Uh, Vladdy, uh, Bobachette, and Whit Merrifield were named to the All Star game. So, so, so the Jays won't be underrepresented by any means. Good timing for uh, Merrifield hitting those home runs. Yes, yes, maybe they should, he, maybe he should uh, replace Vladdy in the home run derby. 
<laughs> maybe um and and so actually i see you have the bracket posted here uh, in the notes uh yeah where, who's vladdy going to be facing off against vladdy first? well 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 let's 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 leave that till the end let's 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 give all the matchups here so we've got um Luis robert versus adley rushman so um adley rushman stands no chance in that matchup uh robert he hit a home run against the jays he's 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 gonna just he's he's a contender to win this thing uh pete alonso versus julio rodriguez that will be interesting because julio rodriguez last year was my pick to win the derby and he came pretty close against juan soto and pete alonso is is a previous two-time winner of the home run derby um and adolis garcia versus randy rosarina is one of the other matchups. So that'll be interesting. I don't think any of those... Adelis Garcia has some power. Randy Rosarina, I'm not so sure about. And then uh, finally, Vladdy will face off against Mookie Betts. So I think Vladdy should win that one pretty easily. So um, the big... I think Vladdy, Julio Rodriguez, Pete Alonso, and Luis Robert are the are the contenders to win this thing. Cool. Uh, well, I don't really know uh, much about uh, players like Luis Robert. I'd never heard of him. Before the Chicago series, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't well, realize should, he was ranked number one. He's he's got 25, 25 home runs at least. Uh, yeah, he's 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 a big power hitter. Um, yeah, so that'll be that'll be that'll be fun. Um, and we had the futures game last night. Um, two Blue Jays, Sam Reverse and Yasmer Zulueta, pitched in the futures game. Um, Reverse, according to Shai Davidi, hit or allowed two ground ball singles before getting a strikeout on a. Pretty changeup uh, in the top of the sixth, um, and then uh, right after he uh, came out of the game, uh, Josfer Zulueta came in uh, in the same inning, uh, and Zulueta hit his first batter, <laughs> gave up a three-run double to the next, and then caught a pair looking. Each called third strike, surviving. Uh, oh, they have uh, automatic balls and strike challenge. So each third strikes were, were, were challenged, I guess, according to the automatic balls and strikes. So that, that's interesting. I see. Uh, it's it's. I'm disappointed that it wasn't easily watchable the the features game because i i would have liked to have watched it but uh, and that would have been really interesting to see how this automatic balls and strike uh gets challenged and 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 called and everything but uh didn't get a chance to see any of that well uh, i didn't realize it was going on tonight i thought it would be closer like together with the all-star game stuff but anyway um there's no sunday night baseball uh this week right so they could have done it tonight right it, well, yeah, it's 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 they, there's lots of things they could have done to make make it more uh, more more watchable for fans. But uh, yeah, that's that's another debate altogether. It's 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 been it's 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 been debated. There's there's lots of things MLB can do with this, but they don't. Um, and uh, so we so Alec Manoa has has had his comeback. Uh, so next, hopefully that's comeback. all. There is. So hopefully he's came, he, hopefully yeah, he yeah. has come back. There's no more. No more bumps in the road. There, there probably will be some bumps in the road, but hopefully. Well, we'll see. But yeah. he's he's back in the majors. Uh, but yeah. the next comeback candidate would be Hunjin Ryu, because um, he's been pitching uh, recently. Because uh, from he's coming back from his Tommy John in uh, surgery. Yeah, so he was he was also surgery. down down in the Florida Complex League where where Alec Manoa was having some 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 doing some work. Um and he had his first appearance uh earlier in the week. Um so he th- pitched 3 innings, gave up one run, four hits, five strikeouts, no no walks. So so that's 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 kind of early steps towards building up towards a return. Again, I'm not I'm not totally convinced that we're going to see him back, but we'll, we'll it'd be nice if if he were to be able to offer some some depth in the starting rotation, but we'll see we'll see what happens. 
Well, it'd be, I guess it'd be good if, if he came back, then they'd have six starters to work with in theory. Well, yeah, it would, it would definitely give more rest to the, to the, to the key guys and they can just kind of put them in when, when they need to, for sure. Yeah. That would, that would be the, the, the ideal situation. Um, they would have to, I guess, take one arm out of the bullpen. Uh, but, but it would, it would, in the long run, I think it would, it would, uh, save arms in general. So I think it would be a, a benefit if he's able to make it back to the majors. Yeah. Okay. And we mentioned Springer on the paternity list earlier. Uh, I forgot about this, but you put the note in here. Jay Jackson, uh, like the next game after the doubleheader, uh, he would place on the paternity list. Yeah, so they brought him up in the doubleheader because you're allowed to put an extra man on the roster uh, in doubleheader. So they brought him up uh, for that doubleheader. And then and then um, it was announced afterwards, I guess, um, I think maybe the next day or something. He says, uh, this is a tweet from me. He says, my, my fiance and I would like to gladly announce that our son J.R. Bautista Jackson was born yesterday at 12.56 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, baby boy decided to make an entrance to this world 14 to 15 weeks early, but is currently stable in the NICU. So, so, so congratulations to them. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Best wishes to them. Cause yeah, 14 to 15 weeks early is, is, is definitely, uh, yeah, that's early. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Tiny baby. I think, I think that's it for our, our Blue Jays notes. So I guess we should look ahead to the next week. Yeah. So, um, got the all-star break. Uh, so the home run derby and all-star game on Tuesday. Um, and then out of the All-Star break on Friday, the Jays are facing the Diamondbacks, who are not going to be an easy opponent at all. And it'll be it'll be fun, though, because we've got um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s return, as well as Gabby Moreno uh, making his return as well. So that'll that'll be a nice little mm-hmm. reunion, and it'll, it'll be a, a fun competitive series. And this will be one of those like measuring stick series for the Blue Jays because if the, the, this is a, a good team, and they have to they have to play well against a a, a tough opponent like the Diamondbacks. Yeah, uh, and so that's in that is in Toronto. There, that is a home game. Yeah. Home. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and you said you have something about the draft. Uh, is that tonight or was that? That is tonight. That is tonight. Over the next few days, but the first round is is tonight. The Jays have the twentieth pick. There was some 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 news coming out that they were kind of going to lean towards probably a um, a college arm as opposed to, as a, a college player as opposed to a high school player, um, which is kind of the trend these days, anyways. But uh, yeah, the draft is tonight um, and over the next few days. So so that's uh, it, it's it's interesting, but at the same time, we all know like with with the MLB draft. Um, you, you don't see these players usually for like three, four years. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's an exercise in patience. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm definitely not going to be paying attention to that. Um, okay. So uh, our B team updates. Um, I see some, some developments in, in Cleveland's uh, standings. Uh, they yeah. are surprisingly, they've overtaken Minnesota in the AL central. Yeah, they're 45-44, first in the AL Central. Um, they lost two out of three against uh, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's obviously the best team in the league, so that's that's not super surprising. Uh, and then they won, they, they've won three in a row against the Royals. I think they have one more game today, but again, also not super surprising because the Royals are not a good team. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they they're 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 starting to 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 make their move. Uh, <laughs> my my pick for the for the Central uh, winner here. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, I, I think Minnesota is still still strong uh, in yeah. that uh, that division. Uh, you have another a, a tweet here about uh, from the Guardians or yeah 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 um, related. Well yeah yeah on July fifth they celebrated Larry Doby Day. 
Um, this is a tweet from uh, Guardians of the Land. Um, on this date, July July 5th, 76 years ago, Larry Doby broke the color barrier for, in the American League. While MLB has an honorary day for Jackie Robinson, Garrig, and Clemente, um, Doby doesn't receive league-wide recognition yet. Um, oh, and they have a thread. I guess the thread is why that should change. And yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely give Larry Doby um, his 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 due. Uh, he's he's definitely a trailblazer for the for the AL. I, I think a lot of the AL teams are a little bit more reluctant in actually uh, breaking the color mm-hmm. barrier than some of those NL teams were, like the Dodgers and the and the Giants specifically. Uh, but yeah, so that was nice that they celebrated Larry Doby July the fifth. Cool. And, and then moving on to Seattle, their record's not too different from Cleveland, but uh, they're just in a tough division, 44 yeah. and 44, although they're moved up from fourth in the West to third. So they've, they've, over, they've overtaken the, the Angels, I guess. Uh, yeah, and that seems like maybe that's going to be the case uh, considering their injuries. I don't know. Um, so, oh, they... They've got a. They won two series in a row, I guess. Uh, three. Well, or no, four. Not, not yet. Not yet, because it's a four-game series against the Astros. So if they lose oh. against the Astros today, they'll 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 just kind of uh, split the series. Oh, okay. Well, the, two out of three is is usually a series win. So, but um, yeah. So three. Well, five uh, five and two this week. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, they've, they've. I guess they've kind of had a bit of a road trip because the All Star Game is in Seattle, so they can't play at home while they're getting ready. But so that that that's yeah. some some positive. Um, I guess a lot of people are kind of just saying that they're, they're suggesting that uh, uh, Seattle kind of <laughs> give up on the on the season though and 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 sell. Like a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people suggest that they should they should send Teoscar back to the to the Jays. <laughs> For, for what I don't know. Uh, well, it, it, the return wouldn't be as much because uh, Tasker Hernandez is going to be a, a, a an unrestricted free agent uh, going into the off season, so it would be a, definitely a rental. Um, and the Jays could use more more power. Uh, so so yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think I was, there's I was, really a lot of room for him on the roster. Um, I don't know. I don't know because right now, who's who? Like, who's who's taking up the last roster spot on the bench? Ernie Clement. They could. They could. They can. They can stand to have another another uh, uh, bad in there in the lineup uh, that they could actually like slot into. Like, because Ernie Clement basically just comes in as a defensive replacement or as a pinch runner. I, um, I just mean like he's uh, like he's going to take up somebody's spot that's a more valuable than than him, right? Like, who's who's going to come out of the lineup to allow Teoscar to play? Well, that's that's a good problem to have. <laughs> uh, what's this note here about Seattle? Uh, well, I, I was I was I was watching a game on the a Seattle game on the on the treadmill, and there's I just saw this come up. Uh, it was I was watching a Seattle one of the Seattle Giants games, um, and uh, he, on his birthday, July fourth, uh, he went four for five with a home run. Uh, and a double on, uh, against San Francisco. So he had a pretty good day on his birthday. I just thought that was a, a nice, a nice little interesting uh, note to put on there. Oh, cool. And speaking of July Fourth, actually, should mention that I, I thought that the Blue Jays July Fourth hats were not too bad. Uh, they're a little more tasteful than previous years, I think. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I don't really. I guess they were what, were they red or something? Yeah, they were red, but they had the Canadian flag and American flag on them. Like in uh, other years, they were basically decked out in an American flag uh, imagery. I almost wonder if they should have just worn their, uh, their red jerseys again with, with those red hats, but I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think the red jersey and the gray pants wouldn't look wouldn't look that great together. Eh, because be oh, here's why: doesn't the red jersey have white piping? Uh, I think maybe, it does. I don't know. I think it does, and that would look funny. I think. With the okay, well, um, let's. Uh, I guess we have uh, the Titans next on the list, eh? Yes, they, all-star news with the Titans. Yeah, so they. Um, um, let's see here. Uh, Grant Larson, the left-handed pitcher, and Siknarf Loopstock, the, uh, the 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 Danish uh, catcher, were uh, added to the uh, Frontier League All-Star Game. That's going to be happening July twelfth. Um, and Jason Dakocha uh, was also it's, added. Dakocha uh, or something okay, like that. Okay, well, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, he was added to the All Star Game as well. So, so the more All Star uh, news for 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 this All Star episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised that they named. I, I mean, I guess I haven't looked too much into Grant Larson's stats, but uh, Zach Westcott is like their their ace pitcher. So I'm surprised he's not. Maybe he just doesn't have as good a record this year. No idea. Uh, but uh, um, the so the Titans are 24 and 26, so they're still below 500. But they've had a good uh, good run of games in their last 10. They're seven and three. Um, they had a huge win on Wednesday, 17 to nine against the Boulders. And this week. In general, they've had a lot of high scores. Uh, they scored 44 runs this week, and like mm. a lot of like 10 plus run games. So uh, they're they're doing pretty well. I don't think it's enough to uh, make their way into the playoffs, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, entertaining for the fans. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, we're going to now throw to the uh, Russell Carlton interview. Again, he's got the the new book called The New Ball Game, Not So Hidden Forces Shaping Modern Baseball. You can get that wherever you get your books. So uh, here we are. Here's here's Russell Carlton. All right. I am here with Russell Carlton. Welcome to Jays from Home. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks. This is going to be awesome. Thanks, and I appreciate. I see that you're wearing a Canada T-shirt uh, to the uh, <laughs> to the show today. I, I I would love to say that was intentional, but it was the first one at the top of the drawer this morning, and <laughs> that was the entirety of why I picked it. But I'll go with yes. I I very yes. I that was very intentional. So um, yes. I don't know. Yesterday was uh, was was Independence Day here in the U.S. So uh, I guess I, I I'll honor our neighbor up north for by today so well and our, and our our big holiday was july 1st so it's all right, in the same, yeah. same week um now does your july 4th does it involve baseball or do you kind of take the day off of baseball for a holiday it's it's i mean it's kind of as much as baseball is just kind of a celebration of you know we kind of co-opted it as the americana and so it it kind of gets lumped in there but it's, you know, they'll have day baseball games and they'll have silly hats that are red, white and blue on mm-hmm. them. And um, and even for the teams that that doesn't make any sense for. So, um, but, you know, so it, it, it kind of becomes part of the day, but it's a day off and you listen to some baseball and it's nice. So. For sure. Yeah. For me, my big baseball holiday in Canada, our Thanksgiving is about uh, is, is about a month or so earlier than than in the States. But we get which means that it coincides right with the start of playoff baseball. So so for me, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is playoff baseball. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's it, it's it's neat. And I I mean, my my ancestry actually goes back in into Quebec oh. um, and my father's an amateur genealogist. So I, I have 
I, I have I have a soft spot in my heart for for Canada, and and I I just I haven't I haven't been there in 20 years though, so I guess I need to make a little trip up. Well, yeah, there's some good baseball happening right now. Um, now you, you're here because you, you've written a new book. It's called The New Ball Game: The Not So Hidden Forces Shaping Modern Baseball, and I I really enjoyed it. I I, I kind of plowed right through it while I was reading it. It's, it's informative, but it's at the same time it's a really easy read and it's and it's fun. Um, and I really appreciated kind of um, like I, you you mentioned it all throughout the, the book. You you kind of co- come back to your five personal facts throughout the whole book, and I appreciated the autobiographical nature of it. Um, one of the main five facts that you mentioned is that you have uh, five kids. So I'm I'm wondering, my 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 uh, big question is, how do you balance time between family and baseball? Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> um, it's it's the sort of thing where you know I, I obviously there's a lot of time with the kids, and um, I mean, thankfully they're they're at ages where they don't quite need as much hands-on care as they <laughs> once did. Um, and the rest is, you know, you kind of you sneak little things on your phone and see how things are going and, um, and you just kind of find ways to, to do it. It's the, the other thing that my wife and I actually have is a, um, uh, after the kids are in bed, we have our part time and then we have our together time. And so I'll, I'll do a lot of my baseball writing and, and actually writing this book, um, was during those hours kind of after the kids were in bed. Um, so that was, that, I mean, that was, that was how I, I, I managed to, to pull together a book. Uh, than my my work at baseball perspectives where you can read me every week <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, yeah as a, as a father of a three-year-old and a five-year-old yeah all my baseball watching happens at night <laughs> for sure I, I appreciate uh-huh. that yeah um now the about the autobiographical nature of it like your the book seems as much as as um tracing your journey through baseball as, as baseball's journey through you i don't know if that's kind of saying the same thing but how has oh, your sure. perception of the game shifted over time well, I mean, and, and I, you know, I'm old enough to, you know, I went to my first game in 1986. And so, you know, I've, I've been around and watched and, and, and in, in my, my other book, I, I called myself a, a former obsessive baseball junkie. It's just that that's not a career path. <laughs> and I mean, what I, what I have done is in the book, I tried to trace the changes that I have certainly seen the game undergo. Um, and you know, this is a very different game. And even before we get into, you know, they banned the shift and they put in the pitch clock this year, there are other things that have happened in the game that I, I wanted to to look at. And when I pitched the, uh, the book to the publisher, I said, they said, well, what, what's this book going to be about? And I said, it's about the question, how did we get here? And how did we get to, you know, it used to be an insult to call somebody a five and dive as a starter. Now that's an average start. I mean, the average start is like five innings, and that's it. It used to be that, you know, the games were a lot shorter. How did we get there? And then before the pitch clock uh, kind of took it back, how did we get to the point where it was just kind of taken forever? Um, It used to be that, you know, relievers, we didn't have the parade of relievers. You didn't see five guys pitch for the same team in the same game. Um, What happened there? positions were breaking down they still kind of are we, we we think of the game a lot differently everybody's striking out all the time and and so i really wanted to to pick some of those apart and say well where did they come from not just kind of kids these days sort of things but let's actually to dive into the data and see where did these things come from and and in doing so it, it kind of opens up a lot of different discussions about the game and where it's going 
and 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 also you know shows that well some of this actually kind of makes sense right and and now you you've you've been watching uh baseball for close to 40 years now if we're doing the math um have you noticed uh it changing or is it something that when you back, went back and did the the research that's, that kind of opened your eyes a little bit it was something that i mean I, I do a lot of graphs in the book and it's the sort of thing that when you graph something over and i i use like 1950 onward as my my primary data set and so you know you cover 70 something years worth of work and when you graph it like that you can see some graphs where it just kind of shoots up in the last 10 years well you know it's obvious on the graph but that's also 10 years i mean i can think of i was a very different person 10 years ago a lot's happened in there and so you don't notice it in the minute but when you look at the numbers you go yeah i mean there's that funny feeling that something changed and it's hard to put into words but i find that a graph actually really speaks to that really well because it is a slow process, it's been a gradual process. It's not like somebody said, we're going to go to five inning starts right now. I mean, there was never any sort of announcement that was made. It just kind of happened. And, you know, even just kind of seeing, yeah, no, really, it really has changed that much is something that I think that, that, that a lot of people will kind of go, yeah, that I, I have, I, I have, I've noticed that, but I've never been able to put it into words. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's evident in a lot of people. Like we, we, we just watch the game and experience it, and then all of a sudden we look back and we see, you know, like the 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 juiced ball era. We see the steroid era. All these different eras that come into place after we 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 have the hindsight. Mm-hmm. And and I mean that's and that's so much of it is is that you look back and and you say, well, yeah, I guess things were a lot different. And I mean we we I mean I lived through the '90s. It was a very golden time. I lived in Cleveland at the time. And Cleveland was really good, and they were good after like 40 years of being terrible, and they had never been good in my lifetime. And but we all lived through those 90s where everybody was kind of hitting home runs all over the place, and it it felt a little weird. But and there were kind of thoughts of well, maybe there's you know some syringes in the background, <laughs> and eventually we learned that you know that was probably some of the case. But you know I think that even things like that when we we say well. It wasn't just kind of time limited. It had ongoing effects. I mean, one of the things that we notice is that, yeah, home runs jumped up in the 90s. But even after MLB put in um, a lot of PED um, testing and they had a very good, solid program uh, for uh, for testing all that, the home runs stayed up. And even players' height and weight, if we look at their body mass index, stayed up. They're just a lot more big guys in in baseball now. And what happened, though, really was that the steroid era kind of kicked off the idea that, hey, maybe we ought to look at some of these guys who are kind of tank shaped and we thought were too immobile and not, you know, able to run and field like we, we might want them to. But, hey, if they maybe we give up something there. But if we trade off, hey, they'll hit more home runs. And that's actually a good trade. And, you know, there are plenty of guys out there who are just big because they like to work out. <laughs> and what we found was that the steroid era actually just redefined who, what an acceptable body type was uh, in Major League Baseball. And so, right. what I, I think that that was that was part of, of of what happened there. And and so we have these lasting effects of these these points in history. And and I wanted to in the book, you know, trace those a little further as well. Yeah, and and another um, 
uh, I, I think influence over those that home run era was the fact that you had the uh, MLB expanding to you know Florida and Colorado at the time. Um, and you talk a lot about talent pool in the in the book. Um, do you think that the talent pool now is large enough to add two more teams? Uh, and do you think this maybe could sort of be a uh, help to boost uh, more offensive output? Oh, I think yes. I mean, I think MLB should expand at this point. I mean, it's it's it, it is very very much needed. I mean, they 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 will not expand based on the talent pool. That's just not. I mean, that's not going to happen. They'll expand when it makes them enough money to, right. to make it worth their while. I mean, that's that is that will be the the reason they expand. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you think about what MLB has done over the last forty years. They've expanded their global reach. They have made very specific and very aggressive investments in uh, growing the game outside the United States and Canada. And um, but into I mean, you think about Venezuela and, and, and Dominican Republic and now into even into Cuba and some of the other countries and uh, Japan, Korea, uh, starting to get into Brazil, starting to put down roots in Europe. You're starting to see some of those some of those players make their way into MLB. And that was you know, that is. 20, 30 years worth of investments that are finally paying off right there. But that's also grown their fan base. Well, it also means that there are more people who are interested in those MLB roster spots. Uh, and that ratio of people who are who would be interested in and just kind of defined as the population of of um, of, of the countries and, and the, the folks who would be interested in baseball to the number of roster spots. Well, we haven't really expanded that number of roster spots that population has kept going up and up and up. So it means that there's kind of a glut of talent. And I think that there would be, they would do well to, to expand the league. It would probably, you know, it would have an effect on, on the field. Um, but realistically, it would also get swallowed up as, as MLB continues to expand its reach. Cause it's going to want to, cause that's more, that's more money, more people watching the product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what what does a watered down team like the Oakland A's, uh, who recently got uh, perfect gamed, uh, have on the rest of the league? Uh, well, there's a, a thought process that you know you can, if you just kind of put up a major league team that's you know 26 guys in the appropriate pajamas. <laughs> um, there's a certain amount of even if you do nothing else, there's a certain amount of money that you can make and. There's a certain there's a certain business logic to that, and I mean I think some of that with the A's that may have very well been them trying to kind of get out of Oakland and they and and it seems as though they they're going to do that, um, but there's there is a little bit of you know I, I something I say a couple of times in the book is that baseball is a game but MLB is a business, and that some of the um, some of the things that you see on the field and 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 the business practices that they do have very little to do with the romance of the game or wanting to promote the game. It's mostly just a money making thing, and that's one of those forces too that that you know we have to think about and um, that this this is in, eventually these are thirty businesses that want to make a dollar, and that's that is something you got to think about. Yeah, it's something that we've thought a lot about, especially with the with, with the pandemic work stoppage and also the 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 um, the player the owners lockout of the players. It's a lot of a lot of dollars and cents have been have been flying around lately. But even going back to to to, to Moneyball, like that was kind of the 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 start of of kind of the um, economic 
mindset shift among the front offices. Mm-hmm. So um, you 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 so you have a chapter that says have have analy- analytics ruined baseball. But my my big question is have economics ruined baseball? I think that those two those two terms are not entirely interchangeable, but there has been a very much an, an economic mindset that has come into the game a couple years ago. I did some research with one of my my collaborators at uh, Baseball Prospectus, and we found that you know we look at just who is who is in these decision making roles in in Major League Baseball front offices, and it used to be a bunch of ex baseball players, and now it's you know a bunch of and we looked at even their college majors, and they you know half of them were econ, finance, and business, um, and those three right there, um, and. You know, it, it is very much that's that's who who is running your to your favorite team, and that's how they're thinking of it. You know, we started thinking about players as assets. There was a moment where we started hearing that word more often, and you know, it's in some sense that's kind of dehumanizing, um, but in the same way, that's a way that um, that it that is the primary mindset that you're talking about with 30 major league teams. You're going to have people who are thinking of of these players. And of everything else in terms of asset valuation, um, you know. And I, I think that when I talked, when I wrote that chapter, did analytics ruin baseball? That was one of the things that I talked about. You know, you just they suddenly become numbers on a spreadsheet, and think that there is a certain amount of we lost the idea that you know that baseball is supposed to be something more than that. It's a nine-act play over three hours, uh, two and a half hours, um, <laughs> and it's a um, and there are characters on the stage and, you know, for 20 years, there's been this kind of benign neglect in the game that we just kind of chased efficiency for efficiency's sake all over the place. And I, I think that we need to reckon with what that has done to the game. And I think a lot of the rule changes that you're seeing now are, are MLB trying to, uh, to rectify some of those things that happened because of that. Yeah. Uh, Theo Epstein is, is atoning for his, <laughs> his influence. Yeah. There's some of that. I mean, I, I and I've heard several interviews with Theo, and 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 he talks about that very openly now. And, and I mean, he was one of the ones leading the charge. I mean, he he was very much involved in that in that movement. And you know, when I hear him talk, I think there's there's part of him that kind of feels well, yeah, we won, but at the same time, what have we done? Yeah. Um, now uh, you talk about uh, analytics and information, um, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit in the book too. But do we know too much about baseball now? Maybe. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. I mean, part of it is, and and the thing is that we're not going to unknow those things. Right. And so you know, I mean the. I mean, the classic example of what happened to the sacrifice bunt. I mean, it got killed off because it's not a good play. I mean, we just, we know that. We know that you score fewer runs, you score less often. You don't even get like one, we're just playing for one run. You don't even get one run when you when you sack bunt more often. Um, and, you know, that, that was a, and so it's just disappeared naturally for the most part. There are a couple of random places where it makes sense, but you know, for the most part, it just it just doesn't anymore. But people kind of liked the bunt as a storytelling device, and you know, it's it's noble. It's you know, you go up there and you give up your at bat in the service of the team. That's a cool thing to say. 
And as 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 a plot device in a in a novel, you know, that's a really interesting character. That's a character I can identify with. And if you're watching it as, you know, from beyond just when it all costs and, you, and you're thinking of it as as baseball as an art form, you know, that's that's a loss. And I think that that's that is the piece that that I think that maybe we know too much and maybe we'll never go back to that. And maybe there's a loss of innocence. Um, but I think that we do have to acknowledge that it's a loss and in some cases grieve that loss. Mm-hmm. And you talk about storytelling. I often compare baseball itself. It's like it's 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 more epic than 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 Game of Thrones. You've got all these different teams battling against each other, and there's just so much going on in a given any given season. There's so much story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my my background and one of my one of my other five facts is that I'm trained as a psychologist, and you have to respect people's stories, and that is part of their lives. I mean, baseball is a through line that has gone from in my life from 1986 onward. I mean, it has been there. I can, I, I mark different parts of my life as, Oh, that was the season when, or that was the night when I went to that game. And, you know, and, and, and so much of that has, has been part of it. And, and, and I think that we've, we've kind of, that, that has been one of the casualties of the Moneyball era is that, that understanding and that, that valuing of the story as part of baseball. And, you know, and I, I mean, I am a numbers guy. I worked at Baseball Prospectus. I have been part of this myself. I have cheered it on. I have probably contributed to the problem myself. Um, and there's, there's, I think, a point to be made that, yeah, there's, we have lost something. And, and the psychologist in me recognizes that um, even as the, you know, the, the numbers guy in me is, is actively working to make things worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how would you fix it? <laughs> it's a very simple well, question with a complicated answer, I suppose. Oh, and oh, so easy to ask. I mean, <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I mean, MLB for their, to their credit has decided that they are going to have this fight and they are going to, they're going to pick this fight and they're going to try and win. They are up against some really hard odds because we can't expect teams to do things that are against their own interest. And so MLB is going to have to try to mess with the incentives. I mean, Theo Epstein, who we mentioned has said specifically, we are going to try to get the most effect that we possibly can for the smallest uh, changes in the rules so that they're the least intrusive that we can. And I mean, things, things like the pitch clock are kind of big line intrusive, but it does, it does what it says on the label shortens the game. And that was one of the things that people were concerned about. Um, the runner on second and extra innings, you know, it kind of feels like mutant baseball at times, but it's still kind of, it's still baseball, but it does what it says on the label. It does shorten extra inning games and doesn't resort to home run derbies or anything like that. Um, it is a, so I, I mean, I think that MLB is trying to pick their way through some of these things. I think that they also need to recognize that, you know, they are up against at sometimes the structure of the game itself. They are up against forces like the talent glut that we talked about a few moments ago um, that, that they are, they have no control over. They, they have, and, and some of the things that have been suggested that they change, you know, would feel like, well, yeah, you could do that and it would probably work, but it would probably, I'd rather have the problem than the solution. Um, so, I mean, I think that, 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 that 
MLB is basically going to have to just muddle on the best that they can. And with the understanding that some of this stuff just isn't coming back. I mean, I, I would love to say, for example, that the strikeouts are, are going to be, that we could just, you know, change this one rule or change this one thing or encourage something else. And it would make all the strikeouts go away. You know, there are just so many forces that are pushing upward on that strikeout rate. Um, and I, I don't think you're going to get one giant solution that, that solves everything. And I think that if you really wanted to go back to, let's say, the 2000 level of strikeouts where it was 16% rather than 25 that we have it now, so one in six versus one in four, then, you know, you just do this one thing. You would probably have to change several different things, and that might start looking like it's not really baseball anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get in the extra innings if we already have the pitch clock why you need to have a runner on second if if, if things are, are faster. But I understand the, the intent of it. Um, one thing that you mentioned uh, in the book specifically is that uh, it might be a good idea to limit teams uh, to 10 pitchers on the roster. Um, I'm curious how you think that how, how they would uh, teams would construct their bench differently if, if this is the case. Well, I mean, they would probably... I mean, with the 10 pitchers, I mean, what you really want is that right now I talk about the octopus bullpen with eight arms mm-hmm. and, you know, you put 10 pitchers in there, uh, you limited to 10 pitchers. Well, you get your five starters and you get five relievers and, you know, have fun using them how you want. Well, you got more guys who are going to have to pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen and pitchers just aren't as effective. And, and so what you basically do is you have more tired pitchers pitching longer stints and, and doing things like that. I mean, on the, on the, the position player side, you would probably have, um, there wouldn't be as much pressure for everybody to be a multi-positionalist anymore. You could have a little bit more traditional, um, you know, one guy at one spot uh, type of things and more traditional backups uh, than you have now, rather than players kind of shifting all, all over the place to, um, to, to, uh, to fill in where people are needed. Um, but you could have, there would be a little bit more room because you'd probably still have 16 spots then for uh, for position players. You could have designated pinch runners who mm-hmm. were kind of around. You could have the guy who's really just, his entire stick is that he's left-handed. He mashes the ball really well. He can't field. He can't run. He can't do any <laughs> of that stuff. But my goodness, in the seventh inning, if you need a pinch hitter, he's your guy. And, you know, that's, that's the... Um, you would probably see more of that just because there would be more, there would be more space for that because you're, you know, self-limiting on, on pitchers. But I think that, you know, then, you know, are you doing that just because you want to preserve some ideal of what baseball looked like in 1986? Or is it because um, you think that's actually better for the game? One of the things I talk about at the end of the book is that we need to be very careful about, which voices are in the room when we're making those decisions and who we're listening to baseball is a game where the average fan is 57. And so you have a lot of, what's the nice word for grumpy old people, grumpy old, grumpy (laughs) old people who are, who are, you know, making these decisions and, and, and who are kind of the loudest voices in the room. So I think that one of the things that we need to do is, is to have a, a good long think about, whether or not we're just kind of chasing the past uh, for the sake of chasing the past or whether we need, you know, this is just kind of, this is the new ball game. This is what baseball looks like now. Um, 
because there is no platonic ideal form of baseball. Um, there's just kind of, you know, what happens. I think MLB is, is again, defaulting to, though, um, we, we don't really have a platonic ideal. We just want the one that's going to make us the most money. And, hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not fun to think like that, but that's reality. Yeah, it worries me a little bit that that's who we have kind of in charge of shaping the game. Ultimately, it's Rob Manfred to uh, put any rule changes uh, into place if, if he wants to, if, as long as he gives a, a year's notice. And that's, that's what really worries me the most. Well, I mean, it's him, but I mean, Rob Manfred speaks for the for ownership and he does need to run it by the players. And mm-hmm. and I mean, there does have there is a process for doing that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, there there could be. And there can be, as long as everybody's on board, you know, a fairly major rule change that just kind of happens because, you know, the correct five people said the word yes. And I mean, that is, and, and, and we as fans, you know, well, that's, that's what the game is now. Um, so it is, it is over the next 10 years. I think that Obviously, whatever happens on the field will be a fun story, but there's going to be that parallel story that's kind of floating above the surface that's um, that's kind of the, the the larger meta game around how we shape this game, this sport called baseball uh, through through the lens of MLB. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll end off on this one quote that kind of stood out to me from your book. You said um, uh, this was. I forget whether it's specifically about the Cubs or not, but he said whether they wanted to admit it or not, what many fans were really hungry for was uh, the ability to of the game to tell a story, one interwoven with their own, even more than winning. So, and actually, yeah, this is tying it in for me. Like, did analytics ruin the Cubs? Because once they won that World Series, it kind of all got business from there. Uh, I mean, it was always business for yeah. for the Cubs, but I mean, it it in, I, I mean, it, obviously there was a there was an element and I, I mean, I spent six years on the North side of Chicago and I, 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 I became the, the Cubs were my unrequited uh, crush and, and even more fun during that, that world series in 2016, they actually played my childhood sweethearts. They played Cleveland and they beat them. And, and so I, it was a very, very conflicted world series for me. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that if you ask people, would you would would you want a World Series title for your team for the Blue Jays? If it meant that your team is going to play really super boring baseball, there's going to be strikeouts all over the place. There's going to be you're going to have a pitching staff that's you know throwing four or five guys out there every night. Um, that's home run or bust, but hey, it works. Or do you want something that's you know more action oriented and well, you might you might win, you might not, but you know this is, um, but but this is what you're you're looking at, and you know most people would would normally say, well, yeah, I I want the World Series, but then you really nail them down. And they're like, but well, okay, if this is if this is the thing that is best going to get us a World Series, then why aren't you happy? Because you know they say one thing, but they mean another, and I mean as a, as a, as a former therapist. You know, you, you see that a lot. People will say one thing and then they'll actually want another and, and you see it in their actions. And so I think that's a piece that I don't think many baseball fans have really come to terms with uh, about the new ball game is that, well, you know, it's efficient. 
it's efficient baseball that we're playing now. And, you know, we're, this is what the numbers say works. And it's all become really homogenous. Teams all kind of go in with the same playbook now. They're all kind of built the same way. They're all kind of doing the same things. And that's kind of boring. And the, the product on the field has been lacking. It's just, it's not a very entertaining brand of baseball, but it works. And so I, I think that that's one of those things that, that fans are going to have to, to, to come to is would I want, do I want to watch this and win, or would I rather have something else and well, not have the best chance of winning? So, I mean, that's that, and, and that's, that's a real, a real conundrum. And I don't have a, an easy answer for that, but I think that that's something that again, a lot of people have had that feeling in their tummy that they can't just kind of put a words to. And I hope that the, this book um, helps them to to kind of see, oh, this is this is what I've been feeling all these all these years, and this is why it just you know it, it's it's been feeling just just a little off lately. So that's that, and that's you know part of why I wrote the new ball game. Right, and I I, I appreciate it, and I I think like like you said, it's all like storytelling is is really um, a big part of how baseball. Uh, 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 appeals to me at least, and I hope that uh, that okay. that we hear hear more stories about baseball. And the numbers are important too. That's part of baseball, but the stories oh, are sure. the important thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I will say that you know we don't you don't watch a game to do math right there. I mean, you're watching it because it it's a uh, Dave Cameron, who was a writer at, at the website Fangraphs, said you know sport is our um, is is our culture's most favorite uh, uh, performance art, and that's that quote always stuck with me. Um, that that you know we we watch the games. I mean to be entertained, but but also because they're realistically. I mean there is there is a story that will unfold, and it might be a very boring story. I mean some games are over before the third inning, but but there are, are some stories over a night, over a season, over a five-year arc that, um, that are just are fun and, and that they become markers in our lives. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a point that, you know, in my own reckoning of my own self uh, in this book, I, I, I felt as I was writing it is that, you know, are we, are we just chasing efficiency to chase efficiency or are we saying, you know, look, there there is some heritage that we need to protect around the storytelling part of this game, and and what is what is our responsibility to that? It's a some it's a big question, and um, I hope that I hope that the, the that people you know talk about this in, in in years to come. I hope I hope that there's a there's a fan graphs for 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 philosophy of baseball as opposed to just just numbers. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, Russell, thanks so much for taking the time. I, like I said, I really enjoyed uh, your book, the, the new ball game, the not so hidden forces shaping modern baseball. Um, folks can can read you on baseballprospectus.com every week. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the next book. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, don't put that on me. <laughs> I just got done with this one. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and we're back. Uh, so do you have any personal outcomes to report? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, so I, I'll, I'll start as I usually do with a strikeout. Um, so we're up uh, in uh, Burge Island um, 
for the next couple of weeks. And we brought a TV up for uh, Vanessa's mom, but uh, uh, it, it's great that we brought the TV, but I forgot the remote control for it. Uh, uh, so we're going to have to get a universal remote from somewhere, but uh, it's, uh, that was uh, an unfortunate, uh, I guess I'd be more of an error than a strikeout, but uh, that's, that's my strikeout for the week. Yeah, you need you need the remote control. Um, maybe there's some sort of app that you can look on your phone to to, to control the TV. Who knows? It's it's not a smart TV. There's, there's no way. Uh, okay, okay. Um, maybe just a long stick to touch the to get the the power button and the volume. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so what do you have? Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I have two strikeouts. I'm going to go strikeout number one here first, or I'm not sure how to order them, but weeds. The weeds are back. I I, I got rid of all the weeds, uh, I don't know, like a month ago, and then they're, they've kind of seems like they've doubled in size. So that's that's my strikeout. Mm. I, all of a sudden, like I just looked out the window and they were all back again. So so all my 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 it's work getting rid of yeah, it's all the rain. All my work getting rid of the weeds was for naught. They're they're back and. It's just I, I I have less motivation to to want to do anything about them because they I don't want them to come back again. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's what makes them weeds is that they they are invasive and and annoying. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, okay, I have a no decision. Um, have not seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yet. Um, it's uh, I mean not a big deal because I'm we're not going to get a chance to see it until we're back in Ottawa, but. Uh, you know, not a big deal there because I'm sure it'll still be in theaters by then because um, it's a, it's a pretty big movie. But the the show times they they drastically reduced the show times, of course, after the first weekend. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's tough though because there's you know lots of have to avoid lots of information online with like I haven't read any reviews because uh, most of them have spoilers. Mm. Uh, so uh, just have to be patient, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm a little disappointed, I guess, because of the pandemic with 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 movie times. They don't have any like morning or daytime movie movie uh, showings anymore, and that uh, at least on the weekdays. And 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 so it mm. means that I can't go see any movies in the theaters because uh, you know we generally can't go see movies in in the nighttime. But that's that's another another story. Um, well. I, the- they had to, I think I saw some uh, some like three o'clock show times for uh, for Dial of Destiny, but that was the first weekend. So that, yeah, that and on been the weekend, also though, a long yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I guess I'll go with my my home run. My uh, my home run is 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 summer hours. Um, so summer hours, just it's nice to have just kind of an extra ten minutes or so to kind of uh, you know just. It's only literally an extra ten minutes, but just an extra little bit of sleep, an extra little bit of just kind of, uh, you know, we don't have to take the take take the kids to Leo to to kindergarten or anything like that. Uh, but we, you know, he goes to summer camp instead. But it's nice to have a little bit more relaxed weekday mornings in the summer. So that's why it's it's my home run. It's just a little easier to 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 uh, to to handle the the weekdays. I see. Well. Um, that's that's good, except for when summer hours affect. Uh places that you need to to uh to go to go to like uh we had a our mechanic has summer hours and they close at 12 o'clock so that's a little challenging yeah yeah uh for sure um okay so what what's your what's your home run 
that would be, uh, I guess, technically, we're going into a little bit of an all-star break for our softball uh, oh. leagues because we're not going to be playing for a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, that's that's a nice little break from softball. And uh, in the last week, it, it hit uh, very well. Uh, and in fact, in the last game, uh, hit a really, really big home run. So finishing the first half of the season, I guess, with uh, in 17 games, um, you know, uh, 11 doubles, a triple, four home runs, uh, 26 RBI. That's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a slugging percentage and OPS over one. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So my, I'm going to go with my, my, my strikeout. So I took, I took Leo who is right now, by the way, uh, playing in the basement while we're, we're doing the podcast. So if you hear any, any noises, it's cause he's, he's working on his, uh, barista setup right now. Uh, I took Leo bowling, uh, yesterday for a birthday party. And I realized that, that my, my strikeout is bowling shoes because bowling shoes are really a, a big scam because first of all, um, kids, do not need to wear bowling shoes. They, they 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 don't do the proper bowling technique. They just do the between the legs thing, and you don't need bowling shoes for that. Um, and also, you could just wear your socks. Why why not just wear your socks? Because the idea is that bowling shoes you kind of slide across the, the 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 alley, the lane, or whatever. Mm. Um, it's just it's just an extra scam to get you to 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 spend an extra I don't know five dollars or whatever at the bowling alley. So bowling shoes are a scam. They're my strikeout. That's that's uh, that's what I discovered yesterday. I would just say that probably wearing socks with children wearing socks on the bowling alley, probably not very safe. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. They could just wear their own shoes or whatever, because they're not going to do the proper bowling technique. That's that's, that's not what they do. <laughs> OK, um, well, that's that's all I had for this week. Yeah, that's 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 it for today. I uh, want to give a, a, a big thanks to Russell Carlton again for, for, for coming on the show, doing the interview. And we're going to take uh, next weekend off for the All-Star break as well. Um, and uh, I guess we will talk to everybody in two weeks' time. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. You can